As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but... Somehow they meet in the middle. Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here. And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. It's Sports Yak. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that is somehow both underrated and overrated at the same time, it's Sif Pop. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most weekends or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Woo! I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he's just a few of my favorite things. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. You both are the underrated. I'm the overrated. (laughs) I don't know about that. (laughs) Each week, we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. He's the human winner of the best ever challenge. It's Ben Davis. (laughs) Yeah. What's going on, guys? How are y'all? Ben is the managing Good. editor for a little website called SifPop.com and uh, does an incredible job at putting together the best ever challenges through our group of writers, putting, you know, making sure all that stuff gets taken care of and posted and really the the engine behind SifPop.com. And so I guess I would start just by saying thank you for that. And then also... You're far too kind, sir. Far yeah. too kind. And then also thank you for hanging out with us today uh, on... Part one of the Sifties, uh, the 2020 Sifties, where we go over pop culture from the year 2020, and we focus mostly on movies, because that's kind of what this podcast is about. Um, But we've broken it into two parts, so I kind of want to give you the lay of the land before we get into this, and just tell you, today we're doing superlatives, which those are kind of the periphery, you know, uh, best, worst um, kind of topics uh, around movies of the year as well as our favorite TV of the year. We're going to be talking about that. 
and that will be the show today. And then next week we'll be doing the movies of the year, the performances of the year in the movie moments of 2020. So um, that will give us uh, some time to kind of go through uh, each of these individual categories. We'll tell you how we're doing that here in a second. Ben, I did want to ask you before we kind of get into it, um, how'd you fall in love with movies? Like when did movies become a passion for you? So I've been obsessed with movies since I was a little kid, going back to when I wasn't even a year old yet. My mom loves to tell the story about how I snuck out of my crib, went down the stairs, turned on the TV and put in a VHS tape, which is a very old fashioned sentence and turned on a movie. Now, obviously, I I think that's like an infamous story. I don't know how true that is. At but, one? Um, I yeah, was, I'm thinking it was before one. I turned one. It was before, before I turned one. Before you were one. Yeah, there yes. may be a when little exaggeration there. <laughs> I, I started walking at like eight months. I'm the youngest of four, so usually the youngest learns stuff mm-hmm. a little faster because they have the siblings. But um, for my memory, though, um, my love of movies started when my parents took me to see the re-release of Star Wars A New Hope. Uh, I don't honestly, I don't remember much because it came out when I was, you know, two. But what I do remember is being transported to a galaxy that was, you know, far, far away. And that's really kind of where my, my love of movies began. And then my love for digging deep into movies came from watching Fight Club for the first time when I was mm. around 12 years old. And I just wanted to understand it so badly that I would sit down with a pad and paper and write down every time I saw it, what I took away from it um, with each subsequent viewing. So in short, uh, I have loved movies for forever and I don't plan on stopping. It's really interesting. You mentioned Star Wars is kind of that seed because um, the, the first Star Wars came out when I was two, I think. Um, so, you know, right when I was a kid. And so those three movies came out and obviously, you know, I'm an eighties I grew up in the eighties and star Wars was the thing, you know? And then my kids, um, grew up during the prequels. Like it's, it's kind of interesting, the generational thing that, that happens with star Wars. And it just almost doesn't matter when you Mm -hmm. came into existence. Star Wars was on movie screens, uh, at some point. And of course the way Disney is handling thing, that will be forever. Um, we don't have to, (laughs) don't have to worry about that anymore. Uh, so yeah, very cool. Well, we are absolutely 100% glad you're hanging out with us today for the sifties part one. We're going to get into some of the categories. Um, we're going to start off outside of the movie realm with our favorite non movie pop culture moments of 2020. So this could be an episode of television. This could be, um, you know, a podcast, a magazine, or even just a pop culture moment, something that happened, uh, however you want to define it. Now, on these superlatives, we're going to go round-robin nomination style. We will each get three nominations. You don't have to do them in any order. And then once we have our nine nominations, we'll chat about them and try to come to a conclusion between the three of us uh, for the Sifty winner for that category. So... Does that make sense? Everybody kind of understand the the nomination process? All right. Andrew, why don't you kick us off? What's your first non-movie pop culture moment nomination? Um, It's going to be kind of local, but it is also obviously national. It's the Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. Nice. Uh, if, you live in, if you live in Missouri, you know, it's, it's a big deal. <laughs> I mean, you didn't <laughs> stop hearing about that for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been a hot minute since they won. You know, only like 30-ish years. So. 
Well, but no, uh, it was really cool. It was really cool seeing everybody around me. I'm, I like the Chiefs, but obviously I'm a Saints fan. But uh, it was really cool seeing all these people around me who have loved the Chiefs forever, like my family and stuff, seeing them finally get that win. You know, as a uh, Lions fan, uh, let me just yeah. say... Uh, 30 the years is nothing. <laughs> the, fact, the fact that you have two teams that you root for, both still in the playoffs, uh, you know, that's... Well, actually, I don't know what happened this weekend. I apologize if somebody lost this weekend. When's your, when, when was the Saints game this weekend? It's actually tonight. Uh, it is right? in... Yeah, it's tonight. Are you like itching to like get through this so you can turn on the pregame? <laughs> no, I don't watch the pregame. Uh, good choice, good choice, Ben. What do you got for your first nomination? Um, so I'm coming swinging out for the fences. I'm going to start with uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League announcement. Oh, um, okay. This was a big deal for me as as someone who who loves Man of Steel and I'm a devout lover of BVS, the ultimate edition, the theatrical cuts. It's okay. It's pretty good. But the ultimate edition is far superior. Um, I'm beyond excited to finally see something that I felt like I was going to see back in 2017, but, you know, and it was reported several times that this didn't exist. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm super happy about all the things that the movement, the Zack Snyder release, the Snyder Cut movement has done donating, you know, thousands of dollars to the American foundation of, uh, suicide prevention. You know, at the end of the day, if the movie is bad, it's bad. If it's good, it's good. But what has been done in the lead up to the movie is, is something incredibly special and goes above and beyond a good or bad movie. So I'm, I'm pretty excited as a Snyder fan and as a DC EU film fan to, to see this movie. You are one of uh, two friends in my pop culture universe who are really into the DC stuff and like really behind uh, the Snyder cut stuff. The, um, uh, so the other me, what's that? <laughs> Is the yeah. other me? No, I didn't think so. I mean, you love DC, <laughs> but I didn't know you were big into yeah. like release the Snyder cut and stuff. I, I'm, I, I'm pretty stoked for the Snyder cut. It's, I guess you could say it's technically three movies, but yeah, I'm still stoked for it. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I'm not as interested in it. I didn't like the, the movies as much as, as you did. So, you know, it's not something it interests me as a curiosity. And then the whole movement thing was is really interesting to me on a conversational level of, you know, like how fan bases can because you really kind of saw both the positive and negative of fervent yeah. fan bases in that movement, right? Um, Absolutely. And, and uh, being connected with you and some others has been really helpful for me to go. That's not what the movement was about. That's not like the, those the people who were acting in that way and being belligerent and you know whatever. It, that's not what the movement was about, and they were, um, you know, kind of a off um, set of the movement. But anyways, uh, good choice, good choice. I am going to go uh, with my first nomination as um, I'm going to go with The Last Dance, uh, ESPN's The Last Dance uh, as my first nomination. Uh, I I didn't know where to put it, but that's a really good pick. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's for me not a movie. Uh, we can have that debate about what makes something it, a movie. It was a moment in time we lived through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I found it just absolutely captivating. the The stuff with Jordan himself, you know, looking at the iPad. Um, it, it's just it's really interesting stuff. And of course, I lived through it. I was a huge Pistons fan, so I was very much a part of all that Pistons Bulls stuff uh, growing up. Um, so, I mean, that hits me right in my sweet spot. Cause I was, 
I was like 15 when all that was happening, you know, like it's just so, uh, so it was a really big deal to me. And, you know, there were some things I didn't agree with about the documentary, especially, you know, some of the Pistons hate. Um, but I just know that that's, that's always going to happen. Um, so, but anyways, yeah, Last Dance uh, comes in as my first nomination. Uh, I will yeah. say to our live viewers, um, if you have choices in these categories, please put them in the chat. Um, we would love to hear them. And maybe before we kind of pick our own. Um, you know, we can, if anybody else who's watching has some, we can mention those too. I always find that fun to kind of go to the community. Uh, Andrew, what's your second nomination? Again, this one's only for me, but I'm going to go with UFC Dustin Poirier versus Dan Hooker. Uh, one of the really good fights of this year. And it was one of the first fights where there was no, uh, audience, uh, for the UFC, it's it was it was a really weird uh, tone because you, normally you have like thousands of people you know screaming and cheering and stuff. It felt very personal, I guess, because it was such a a different set of like nobody's talking. Uh, you can actually hear the coaches giving uh, you know tips and stuff to their fighters and stuff. On top of it being an insanely good fight, these guys uh, left it all out in the octagon. And uh, yeah, this one obviously is just for me. I actually don't know if Ben likes uh, fights or fighting or anything like that at all. So. I, d I do. GSP is my favorite of all time. He's retired now. But yeah, yeah, th there has been some tremendous fights to go down this year. I, I love UFC. I'm a former high school wrestler. So it kind of just. Oh, well, there you go. Fit into that world kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Uh, all right, Ben, what do you got for your second nomination in this category? Now, am I allow allowed to spoil TV shows? <laughs> well, this wouldn't be like a like season of TV like for this. It would be more yeah. like an episode or a certain scene, and that's fine. If you've got if that's okay. the case, then yes, absolutely you can say that. There is a certain scene that happens in the uh finale of The Mandalorian. Um, yeah. I'll just ignite the green. It was just, yeah. as a lifelong Star Wars fan and as someone who never thought for a second this person would show up in this Star Wars uh, little else. It's not an Elseworld thing. It's connected. But this little Mandalorian universe, I didn't think this character would pop up. And to see him pop up and to see me just jump off the couch, pounding my <laughs> chest, super excited. Nice. Like, I'm pretty sure my wife thought someone was getting murdered. Like I was just I was <laughs> right. so daggone happy to see it. I'm not ashamed to say that I might have shed a few tears. I was just super excited to see that. Yeah. So happy. That was just a glorious moment of television. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a perfect choice for this category. Perfect choice for this category. Uh, let's see. My next nomination, I'm going to go with... Um, I'm going to go with the good place finale uh, as, as my next choice. Um, this is one of my favorite shows. And one of the most difficult things in TV is to stick the landing. And I think they absolutely nailed the end of this show. And I really enjoyed it, really loved it. And it was one of my favorite moments of the year. So that will be my next nomination. Uh, oh, good pick. Andrew, what's your third, your, uh, your final nomination? Number one. I'm going to go with both Bong Joon-ho slash Parasite winning at the Oscars. Because 
Uh, I didn't really uh, expect it, really. I thought, you know, I mean, they cleaned up, and I thought that that was going to be like, hey, yeah, you're cleaning up, or you're getting all these nominations, it's great, but when it comes to the big to the big one, it's going to go to something like 1917. And especially for director, I swear I thought that uh, 1917 was going to win for directing with it being the quote-unquote long shot, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but no, whenever uh, that movie cleaned up, uh, I just remember all of us, literally all of us, um, yeah. uh, in the room, like, flipping out, like, oh my gosh, it won! It was such a cool moment, and uh, all three of us got to share it. And I, I think that that was really special that we all got to do that together. Yeah. In our fancy, Aaron and I in our fancy, fancy wares. <laughs> I, I think that was just you. I don't think I dressed up. Um, but uh, you had you look, a suit on. Did I? Yeah. You had the suit jacket on. I think. Oh, yes. Yes. I threw, yeah, I threw the, the jacket on. Yeah. That's, yeah. I threw the jacket on. You're right. Yeah. We, we looked good. Whatever the case may be. Um, that's a fun one. Yeah. Because you're right. The three of us were together and you know, I mean, come on vaccines, come, come, come on vaccines. I would love to do it again this year, but, uh, we'll we'll have to see what happens. Um, Mm -hmm. no, that's a good choice. Uh, Ben, what do you got for your final nomination? So mine's a bit of, it's a bit of a personal one. Um, I finally got the courage to start my own podcast this year, um, Ben Davis movie podcast. So for me, that was a, that was a big deal, a big hill to, to get over. So I'm going to, I'm going to say that was, that was probably my favorite pop culture moment. If I can throw that in there, does that count? That's sure. Why yeah, not? Listen, if you can turn a nomination into a shameless plug, I'm all for it. That's amazing. <laughs> Do it. I'm, Thank you. <laughs> I'm actually, I can't complain. I'm actually kind of impressed. That's amazing. Um, yeah, no, uh, that is, that is a real wonderful feeling to know you found something you love producing, you produce it, you do it, you have a good time with it. I, I know the feeling well and uh, very, very proud of you. Um, you. My final nomination is going to have to be Hamilton on Disney Plus, uh, the Hamilton launch on mm. Disney Plus. Now, this is an interesting one because the category is best non-movie pop culture, <clears throat> which this is a movie i don't know (laughs) like it's a recording of a play right yeah and so i really i think it does fit here and it is going to be my uh my final nomination uh for the category so there you go our nine nominations before we get into it i'll check out the chat see if uh anybody has anything that they were mentioning uh did you guys have any like uh that you wish you could have mentioned uh from the year I have one serious one I could have mentioned, and then one funny one. Yeah, I what were they? Mentioned. Uh, the funny one is UFOs are real, apparently. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. But the other one, uh, if you remember, my f- good friend Trevor Brown, TM Brown, he released his book, The Gloam, that uh, I gave a shout out to. And uh, I really want to give that one a shout out again. Really good book. G L O A M. Yep. Uh, ben, did you have any uh, others that you might have nominated if you had the chance? Yeah, um, Brad Pitt winning his first Oscar, um, mostly because, yes, for acting. Yeah, because he won, what was it, two for producing, right? Yeah. Uh, One for 12 Years a Slave. Yeah. And The Departed, I think. Yeah, and The Departed. He was an exec on The Departed, so I don't know if they get uh, Oscars for that. Yeah, but this, this was his first one for acting, and he's one of, I think, the most underrated actors in Hollywood, not because of his talent, but because of his looks. A lot of people associate him when they see him like, oh, it's Brad Pitt. He's handsome. But they don't really think that he's actually like a terrific actor. Yeah. And he is. I think yeah. he's terrific. 
Yeah, poor guy. Looks in talent, you know. Yeah. What a shame. It's, it's rough. <laughs> next, time, next time he's in town, we got to get him on the show. Uh, I would also mention um, Survivor Winners at War premiere uh, was one of my favorite moments of the year. Uh, just to have an all-winner season of Survivor is something I've been dreaming about for a long time, and uh, watching it happen was really exciting. And then the BoJack finale as well was another uh, finale that I thought stuck the landing pretty well. That show, man, that show is so existential. Like, I don't even know how it succeeded. Like, I don't know how it even got a second season, let alone, you know, a few seasons. So, um, <laughs> BoJack Horseman season finale. Uh, in the chat, Jay, Jay Bourgeois says, uh, as good as I thought the Mandalorian was, the final arc of the Clone Wars was my favorite. Uh, speaks to nailing the ending, too. Uh, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. That was really not wrong well. at all. Great ending. All right. I'm looking at these nine nominations. Uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think it comes down to probably the, uh, I'm going to call it the X-Wing showing up um, and mm -hmm. the Parasite win, uh, Hamilton... I think those three. Am I am I right? Were there some other you think might compete for for our conversation here? Yeah. Uh, honestly, I think if we're talking pop culture moment, mm -hmm. it's probably uh, ignite the green X wing is yeah. what I'm kind of leaning towards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because while while parasite, you know, that was something shared by us, and it was a really big deal worldwide. I don't think it was talked about nowhere near to the level as uh, the Mandalorian was. Yeah, that was just a tremendous moment of television. I, I will never forget just chilling with my breakfast in front of me. And then immediately as soon as I saw the X-Wing, I just knew who that was. And then when you see the green lightsaber, I just yeah. teared up, jumping up and down. I was like... Uh, Craglin and Guardians of the Galaxy 2, where he starts beating on his chest <laughs> when see the fire. That was me. Oh, was yeah. Me. <laughs> uh, all right. I agree. There you go. The Sifty for best non-movie pop culture moment of 2020 goes to the X-Wing green lightsaber moment of Star Wars Mandalorian. Um, very nice. That is the best non-movie pop culture moment. All right, let's get into some of the movie superlatives. We'll kick it off with Biggest Surprise. So this is a movie. You're nominating movies uh, that you feel like there wasn't a lot necessarily expected of, uh, and they exceeded that uh, quite a bit. So there could have been a little bit expected of them, but then they were amazing, or there could be nothing expected of them, and they were really good. Like, you know, kind of that, what was the biggest surprise for you movie-wise? Um, ben, I'm going to let you kick this category off. What's your first nomination? My first nomination will be The King of Staten Island. Okay. Um, I was I was expecting to enjoy this film. You know, it's a Judd Apatow film, and I usually really like his movies. But I wasn't fully prepared for just how funny, sincere, and just brutally honest this film was. This was a movie really uh, – it's a look into the life of someone who has experienced trauma and how they deal with that trauma in good and bad ways. You know, Pete Davidson showed me that he wasn't just a funny dude on SNL, but he's someone who could be uh, in, in a few years, a really great actor. But honestly, Bill Burr is the one who stole the show. I, I can't believe not really enough, a lot of people are talking about his performance in this movie in terms of Oscars. I just think he really carried the heavy uh, dramatic scenes of this movie. Um, but Speaking I really of Mandalorian. enjoyed this movie. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Another, another great scene in the Mandalorian. Yeah. 
Um, but I just, I really enjoyed this movie, its message and its performances. And I want to see more stories like these. Nice. Good choice. Uh, I will have for my first nomination, uh, I'm going to go with The Hunt. Um, I was expecting nothing out of this movie and I was thoroughly floored by how thoughtful and thought provoking this movie was thematically and satirically as well as the performances. Um, yeah, this is not the kind of movie I would expect to enjoy and I thoroughly enjoyed it. So, uh, the hunt was one of my biggest surprises, uh, of the year. Andrew, I am going to go with Enola Holmes. Because I expected nothing from... I actually expected this to be an atrociously bad movie. But I was surprised at, with how much fun I had with... I thought it was going to be like, okay, yeah, Henry Cavill's going to come in and like be the saving grace for this. I thought that Enola uh, was a very fun and, you know, well-thought-out character. I thought that she was just going to be like a shadow of Sherlock. But no, she has her own story arc, her own you know, uh, her own vices, I guess, being her mother. Like, it, it's it's an interesting take on that whole family. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, I was surprised with how much I actually enjoyed Enola Holmes. Great choice. Great choice. Uh, ben, what's your second nomination? Yeah, yeah, ding dong. Um, hey! I, yes. Uh, play listen, yeah, yeah, ding my, dong. Yeah, 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 ding dong, play it. Um, Eurovision, uh, the story of Fire Saga. Uh, I, much like, you know, a few other movies I saw this year, this isn't, you know, the best movie ever made. But it honestly, it surprised me with how funny and how much of a big heart this movie really has. It's, you know, about the power of home and uh, being with the ones you love is more the most important thing in life. And that's why this movie surprised me. And not to mention, I just, I love this, the music in this movie. It's terrific. Uh, this one has grown on me quite a bit. I mean, I think I even in our original review, I said I enjoyed it. And, um, but I, I have watched it once, uh, once more <laughs> since then. And I think it's really good. I think this is a really good pick by you. Um, it's a, That's definitely one of the surprises of the year. Uh, my second nominee. Hmm, I'm going to go with The Invisible Man. Um, I, I, I was not expecting uh, this movie to be uh, as good as it is. And I think a lot of that is due to Elizabeth Moss. I think she's incredible yeah. in it. Um, but a lot of it is also due to the consistency of the theme they really understand what they're trying to do here. They really understand the message that they're they're trying to send. Um, and yeah, it's interesting because uh, I saw this in a movie theater, if you remember those. Um, in fact, it was a, an IMAX. And they had problems at the beginning of the movie where, you know how they have like the pre-movie like music that plays or whatever? That was playing instead of the soundtrack from the movie. Uh, for the first 10 minutes of this movie. And oh, no. so it was, and if you remember that opening scene, it's very it's tense quiet. or whatever. And there's like a, yeah. there's like a Beach Boys song, you know, <laughs> playing over that. I'm like, this is a really interesting <laughs> choice. I'm not sure I like it, but it's very interesting. Um, so, but they, they restarted it and, you know, it, which I was very thankful for. Uh, but even that moment wasn't enough to, to ruin what I thought was a pretty incredible film. So, and I wasn't expecting it. That was it. great. Yeah. So that's my choice. My second nomination. That scene with the knife in the restaurant. Whew. That's one of like one of the sh most shocking scenes of mm -hmm. the year. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. That scene, the one with the paint got me. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sure, there, sure. Yeah, that yeah. It's a good, yeah, there's it's a, a good movie. There's a couple. A really there's a couple movie. moments in that movie that might be fighting next week for uh, best movie moment as we kind of talk uh, about those choices. So could be yeah, interesting. I might have given. I might have shown my hand a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andrew, what's your second nomination? I'm gonna go with the prom. Oh, interesting. I was expecting. I was actually kind of mad whenever I found out that was the movie we we're supposed to be uh, like uh, giving our uh, review for. It's like, oh, I don't want to do this. Aaron knows I hate musicals, and this is like the most musical musical that I could ever musical. Yeah. Um, and I started watching it, and I was like, oh, I was right. This movie is horrible. And then as the movie progressed, I'm like, okay, it's not that bad. I'm actually enjoying a lot of these characters. By the end of that movie, I was crying and I <laughs> loved it. It was so, I was so shocked by the transition that that movie made that I was, I, I did not expect it. This, I think it's called a chaotic heart. I think it's the name of the, like the big ballad uh, mm. for the young girl. Yeah, I think sing. you're right. I think you're right. It was such a great song. It was like empowering and beautiful, and yeah, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. Nice. So it, it surprised the crap out of me. Nice. Uh, awesome. Ben, what's your third nomination? Third nomination is going to Sonic the Hedgehog. It's a good choice. Um, did we just get a good video game movie? <laughs> I, think, I think we might have, yeah. Yeah. Full disclosure, I, I had very little expectations going into this movie because it's Sonic the Hedgehog and it's number one, it's a video game movie and only decent one it, that I've enjoyed. There's been two. Tomb Raider, the one that came out in either 2016 or 2017. And then you had Rampage, which is just, it's not a great movie, but I found it enjoyable. But this one, I, I was really entertained by it. Like it's funny, it's charming, and inherently very sweet. Ben Schwartz was great as the voice of Sonic, and I thought Jim Carrey gave probably his best comedic performance in several years. Like again, this movie just really shocked me with how entertained I was. It's a good choice. It's a very good choice indeed. Uh, my it, final nomination is uh, going to go to. And this feels weird to say. As beloved as this movie, I believe, is, and as many people who think this movie is awesome, I think it's hard to remember how no one really knew much about it, how it wasn't a lot expected of it. Um, but I'm going with Palm Springs as uh, one of my biggest. That's mine too. Was one That's of my big. <laughs> I yeah, I, that I, it again. It's hard to remember at this point, but there wasn't yeah. a ton expected out of that movie, and now it's like competing for Oscars. Like the you know that's yeah. legitimate in has an FYC campaign going so um, yeah I had to I had to put Palm Springs uh, in here for a nomination um, did I steal yours Andrew no we share it yeah it was my number one as well that I was going to nominate because... um, do you have another one you want to throw in there for your final nomination uh, I didn't really expect much from Ma Rainey's Black Bottom but you know how much I love that movie uh, I should have you know August I should have known that I was going to you know love it but. As the movie progressed, I'm like, oh, this is going to be something special. Like, I thought it was going to be good, but then it became something really good. Yeah. But no, uh, Palm Springs, that, for me, that's the obvious choice. Uh, and also, uh, Scott Pilgrim 
is not a video game adaptation. It's a comic book adaptation. <laughs> so, for the chat. And, and Andrew, Andrew has become distracted by falsitudes in the chat. It's bound to happen yes. every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of the chat, uh, since we have our nominations out there, uh, I will say uh, Aaron in the chat says, for me, Borat's subsequent movie film wasn't a fan of the original, um, but after the second one revisited it and loved them both. Um, other ones I might have mentioned, Birds of Prey was another one I didn't expect necessarily a lot out of and really enjoyed. Uh, and The Old Guard was another one uh, on Netflix that uh, upon the multiple... The Old Guard was surprising. Yeah. That was a surprising movie. So those were a couple more for me. Do you guys have any uh, other kind of honorable mentions that didn't get nominated you wanted to throw out there? Well, oddly enough, I had Palm Springs on here as well. Um, but I figured one of you guys would probably end up taking it. Uh, <laughs> Project Power is another one that I was really, you know, like, it's not great, but I really enjoyed it, in particular the performance by uh, sure. Dominique Fishback. Uh, she really stills the movie. And, of course, um, yeah, that, that's really it. Yeah, that's all of the ones I had. Well, it sounds like we kind of have... All agree. Yeah, we kind of all agree, then. Um, is I mean, Palm Springs? Is that... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. there you go. The... 2020 Sifty for biggest surprise film of the year goes to Palm Springs. Uh, there you go. All right, let's move into biggest letdown. Uh, this is the opposite. This is the one where you had expectations that were severely uh, under-received. Um, so it could be something you expect a lot of and uh, did not meet those. It could be something you expected a little of and was really awful, whatever the case may be. Uh, it's my turn to kick it off, and I'm going to go with The Midnight Sky uh, as my first biggest letdown. Uh, George Clooney uh, looked like it was going to be gorgeous space stuff, pretty incredible, and then it was just such a mess and such a, a difficult watch and so that's my first biggest letdown nomination yeah it um yeah. it was right there i'm right there with you it's it's not a good movie it's not <laughs> i mean there's, there's good part there's good parts in it but overall i felt like they were trying to cram two movies into one and they just didn't there was no cohesiveness yeah so what you're saying is, is I definitely shouldn't see this movie. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I'm the weirdo that's like, go watch the bad movies. Like, you know, like, especially if you already have, you know, HBO uh, Max, it's only going to be on there another week or so. So, yeah. 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 Uh, Andrew, I think you're up second. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to say right now, two of the movies that you guys had in your surprisingly goods are the ones in my letdown movies. <laughs> so, uh I'm gonna kick it off with Project Power. <laughs> Fair enough. Because I, uh, uh, I thought it was such an awesome concept for a movie. You know, a pill that gives you temporary powers. I mean, that's such an interesting and unique take on the whole uh, plethora of superhero movies and stuff that we have out. But it was like, oh, this is refreshing and unique and. Mm -hmm original but at the same time oh and the and the effects were phenomenal i was shocked by how good those effects were but i thought the story didn't there was no driving force in that story for me to just really be invested so that's why i was kind of let down by that one ben what's your first nomination biggest letdown you guys are not gonna like me for this oh no the old guard the old oh guard. come on all right. Look, fair enough. This movie, this this slim movie, let me down. I, I love Charlie Theron as an actress, especially as an as an action star. She's incredible. The physicality she brings to her roles in action is just it's unparalleled. 
Uh, I think the only person you can compare it to really is Keanu Reeves, but even she might be a little bit better, but this movie was just so bland for me. Um, I felt like it was more of a music video more than a movie and the action, the action was great and it was really physical, but I just didn't buy into the characters. So I didn't really, it didn't really lend itself for me buying into the movie as a whole. All right, mark it down. Uh, two thirteen on uh, January seventeenth, twenty twenty one is the first moment Ben was wrong on the Sif Pop podcast. Uh, so, <laughs> yay! Congratulations, everybody has their first incorrect opinion. Uh, that just happened. Yay. To be yours. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no actually, the there there are many people who agree with you, probably more than agree with us, Ben. So now, now did you see the old guard uh, before or after the hype? Because that I saw it like the opening weekend. Um, opening weekend when it first started streaming. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I watched it on a Saturday evening, I think. So there was still a, a little bit of hype surrounding it, but not to the peak yeah. it became afterward. Yeah. yeah. And that can have an effect on it too. Like whenever you see a movie and you're like, yeah, that was okay. But then you hear this, this wave of love come for you. You're like, guys, that wasn't that great of a movie. And it just kind of, it's not that you dig down in your beliefs, but you're like, I just wish I could have seen the movie everybody else saw mm-hmm. exactly so i get that yeah yeah exactly all right yeah. i'll move on to my second nomination um i'm gonna put rebecca here uh this had all the oh, makings to me God, I hate that movie. of a an interesting remake and um i of course love the original i'm a huge hitchcock fan and yeah. you know the the people involved uh although you know let's not go into detail on army hammer right now, but just saying, you know, like I've, I've always appreciated his, uh, his acting and, uh, was, you know, ready for that to be amazing. And this is just a, it's just a slog. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful slog, but it is a slog and it doesn't do anything interesting with the material at all. And, yeah. and so, yeah, that, that was a real, real letdown for yeah. me. Yeah. And especially from such a tasty actor, you know, Oh, I see what you did there. I <laughs> was, I'm, I'm at a loss. What happened? No, well, we don't no, we're not, no, no, we're not. No, we're not going to. Yeah, you'll have yeah. to look that one. <laughs> I'll, I'll look it up after the show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's a tasty boy. All right. Uh, Andrew, what is your second uh, nominee? Uh, this is uh, first I struck towards Ben. Now I'm going to be striking towards you, Aaron. Oh, no. You're surprisingly good. I'm going with the hunt. Yeah. Because I wondered if you might. Yeah. Uh, it's just. It felt so ridiculously one-sided in its political satire, which, you know, it's it's fine if you want to go down that route because it's a it's a thin line you, you get to walk whenever you have one political struck uh you know system murdering in another one mm-hmm. and the satiricalness is pretty one-sided, I think. Yeah, that I think like, yeah, you could do it. Just kind of be fair with the punches you throw, like show how both sides are equally stupid, you know, and uh, I didn't really get that. Don't get me wrong. I think there are parts of this movie that are hilarious. The opening set, which is like, like what, 15 minutes and it, it might be a one shot. I can't remember, but I remember that opening set going, oh, this is going to be something great, you know, but it kind of. After that, I was just kind of let down a little bit. Yeah, it, I understand what you're saying. And, and we've had this conversation before, so we don't need to necessarily have yeah. it again. But it definitely hit me different than uh, than it hit you. 
Um, all right, uh, Ben, what is your second nomination? Doolittle. Uh, I really enjoyed the trailer for this movie. I might be the only person, but uh, a dragon farted in Robert Downey Jr.'s face in this movie. <laughs> and it's and it's a like, key plot point, uh, by the way. <laughs> yeah, like it, it's the driving force, no pun intended, of the end. Right. And I, I have no idea what the director was going for in this movie. Yeah. Uh, it didn't really translate well to live action. I think it might have been uh, better suited to be an animated movie. But I just, I left the, it's not the worst movie I've ever seen, but I just left the movie just kind of astonished that that movie got made. Yeah. Yeah. And not in a good way. Yeah. I mean, it would be here for me too, if I had expected anything from it, which I, which I did not yeah. at all. Um, I'm with her. Yeah. All right. I will be the one to pull the trigger on uh, Wonder Woman 1984. Um, I'll throw that Same. in the nominees. Um, oh, it's, my <laughs> number one as, it's my number one as well. So, Aaron, we just keep sharing the same number ones. Well, I'm not doing number... I, I'm not ranking them at all. I'm just nominating oh. stuff. So, but um, but yeah, I, uh, I can't... I, it's... The disappointment is extreme, especially considering that I did enjoy the first movie and cer- certainly has its flaws. Um, but th- this is... I, this is one of the worst movies ever made. Like this is such a bad film. Um, and I, I don't, it, well, I think it deserves it. Like it's yeah. because even That's if you right. give it, even if you give it credit for wanting to be as ridiculous as it is, like, let's say, you know, like you can go, okay, this is the movie. Wonder woman, 1984 wanted to be, it wanted to be cheesy. It wanted to be over the top. It wanted to be ridiculous. It wanted to have silly villains. It want beyond that, the structure is wrong the the um the way the movie doesn't trust the audience is so bad it it puts everything it makes everybody say everything the movie is trying to make them feel i i, I always go back to the moment where she you know uh starts having her i say she Kristen wig starts having her powers and she steps over the puddle in high heels or whatever and it's like okay we get it she's now good in high heels where she wasn't before but there just has to be a janitor there who's like wow you're sure good in those high heels like it's just like it's just yeah. the movie is full of that kind of stuff and it's just it's it it is it is a a mess and uh was a huge disappointment for me and ben i know you enjoyed it and that's cool i like i'm i'm glad you were able to find some stuff in it but uh it was just your, rough for your, me. Criti- your criticisms are valid though is the thing because as much as i did enjoy the movie but it is totally inconsistent to the first movie. It felt more tonally like it fit inside the same universe as Aquaman, but it's different because Aquaman's first movie established a tone for its universe. Right. Wonder Woman's first movie established its tone and then completely abandoned that tone. And it felt more in line with something like Sam Raimi's Spider-Man films or the Richard Donner Superman movies, which I'm not a fan of. I'm, I love the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans, but not the Richard Donner Superman. So it just... I understand your your criticisms, and I even agree with a lot of them. So yeah, we yeah, haven't I, we I, haven't I, even yeah. we haven't even started on the uh, she took advantage of a human body that without its consent or knowledge, because there was a different human soul inside of it. Part of this plot that they decided to do, like what a weird and horrible choice on how to uh, how to make that happen. So yeah, yeah, that it was... won't age well. It's similar, <laughs> similar to how big doesn't with that part doesn't right, age well. Right. 
Yeah, <laughs> this is like an in- instantaneous doesn't age well. This is like the next day. It's like, well, this hasn't aged well. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Andrew, what is, uh, what's another nominee for you? Uh, well, 84 would have been my pick, but I'm going to throw out Mank. Oh, interesting. Because, I love Mank. Yeah, I found it to be pretentious in its stylization, in the story it was telling. I think that, the, you know, the stylization is good, but the actual, like, the way that uh, lines are delivered and stuff like that, it, 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 tr- I felt like it was trying to make a story happen from a, like, the story he's trying to tell isn't that interesting, yet they tried to make it be interesting with the, di- with the, uh, the quote unquote witty dialogue back and forth between, mm-hmm. you know, Gary Oldman and the rest of the people. I think that the way it's shot in black and white and the way that the camera is set up. It feels like it was how a movie back in the day would have been shot, you know. Right. Like there's no there's no fancy like a, a camera work or anything like that. It feels very grounded, as if they actually used the equipment from the day to make this happen. But I I I didn't care for Mank's character. Uh, uh, Charlie dances fine as everything it's just i didn't it's just a movie i i didn't get invested in as i was watching it sure. and i expected really good things from that movie ben what is your uh your final nominee my final nominee is mulan uh excellent choice the the trailer for this this movie was incredible and actually i saw it uh at the uh rise of skywalker uh premiere in imax and I got chills watching it in that on that big screen. But this movie left so much to be desired. I mean, the production and costume design are great, um, especially the, I really like the cinematography in the film. But the rest of the movie lacked any real personality and emotion that was in the original animated classic. Um, not to mention the action was really, really choppy. Um, overall, this is probably the biggest disappointment of the year for me, especially considering I paid twenty nine ninety nine for it. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, big disappointment. Uh, all right, there you go. There are nine nominees uh, in the chat. Uh, Buck Reviewer says, A Quiet Place 2. It didn't even come out. Uh, that was the uh, <laughs> biggest letdown. <laughs> Um, that was a big one. <laughs> uh, Aaron says the uh, Deathstroke animated film takes the cake uh, for him. Uh, also throws New Mutants in there as a strong contender. Um, what do you guys? Uh, did you guys have any other, you know, ones that you might have nominated? Uh, rhythm section. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that yeah. movie was awful. You want to yeah, talk about one of the worst movies of all time? Yeah, I was. I wasn't <laughs> expecting a lot out of it. That's why it's not on here. But yeah, that movie is yeah. terrible. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, didn't I, expect much from that movie, but I didn't expect it to be as bad as it is. It right, is I expected nothing from it, and it still didn't meet those expectations. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, like the trailer, again, sold me. It hooked me. I love Blake Lively. I think she's a really underrated actress, but yeah. this movie was just so cold and boring Yeah, is the best way to put it. Well, just I think we've, cold and we've identified the problem, Ben. It's the trailers. you got to stop watching those things. They're, they're bad for I, you, man. I, I, <laughs> I guess so. I guess I got to start following your lead on that. That's right. That's right. No, don't drink the Kool-Aid. Don't drink the Kool-Aid, Ben. I would also mention Artemis Fowl. Um, I was really, that was on my most anticipated list uh, at one point. And it is. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. And it's it's really bad. And uh, Irresistible is another one. I don't know if you remember that one was a huge light around. That's the Jon Stewart um, 
produced movie with uh, oh with Steve uh, Carell. Steve, Steve Carell. Carell, yeah, and lots mm-hmm. of other amazing people. There's no way that movie should be as bad as it is, and it's not terrible, terrible, but it, it is kind of terrible. And it's yeah, it's re- yeah. It's so that that would be on there as well. Uh, any others from yeah. you guys? That's any other shout outs? Uh, all right, let's do it. Uh, what are you guys thinking, um, Ben? I think you know where we lean, but uh, but is that something you're willing to go? Uh, go with, or do you have an alternate that you want to push for? I feel like that has to take the cake. As much as I enjoy the film, I acknowledge it. It has a lot of issues, but I, I just, I do enjoy the film a lot. I think that it's very hopeful. I think Agado is is incredible as Wonder Woman. I even love Kristen Wiig and Pedro Pascal as the villains, but there's a lot of issues in those movies and you guys are right on a lot of them. And I agree with you on a lot of them. So I feel like if you guys both have that as your number one, that has to be it. All right. It has to trump my love for it. All right. Well, there you go. The 2020 sifty for biggest letdown of the year is wonder woman, 1984. As humans we're naturally driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used indeed. If you need to hire, you need indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, all right, let's move into the uh, overrated category, which we like to call um, movies that you didn't get. Uh, so these are the movies that it seemed like everybody else got, but you didn't quite get it. Um, so let's go ahead and do our nominations. Uh, Andrew, we're back to starting with you. Okay, uh, I'm going. I used my list, and I wasn't going off of everybody that I know really. I'm going off of critical love for the movie. Correct is really yes. what I'm going. For. Yeah. That, yeah. Yes. So these are movies I uh, firmly, firmly hate, but they're all, all three of these are getting like huge Oscar buzz. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. The first one is Let Them All Talk, the Meryl Streep movie where they're on a boat for two hours talking about how Meryl Streep writes books and another person's like, you wrote books about me? Give me money. And people... (laughs) You especially, you love this movie. I do love uh, this you movie. Have Luke, Lucas Hedges is, I, I would say he's like a saving grace for this movie. I think he gives a really grounded yet interesting performance. Um, but I just, I didn't care. Sure. I I tried so hard to care about this sure. movie, but it didn't work for me. I will say, uh, as we kind of get into this, by the way, these next two categories are the hardest to agree on because by their definition, the other two yeah. people people are likely to disagree with you. So these these are interesting ones. Um, but yes, uh, let them all talk. We've we've had our disagreement on it. I, I think it's great. Um, but uh, yeah. but yeah, f- certainly fits this category for you. So that's a fine nomination. Ben, what are you nominating first? 
Aaron, you're gonna you're gonna probably uh, fire me. It's it's this category. It's just this category. Yeah. Yeah. Soul. Soul. Uh, Yes. Yes, it is. So here's the thing. I still enjoy. I'm sorry, Ben's feed has been cut. I'm not sure what (laughs) happened. Um, Soul, Aaron. He's right. (laughs) I, I, well, I like the movie a lot, but it's overrated. Uh, yes, that's I agree with that. See, like I really enjoy this movie, and the score is just absolutely outstanding. It's Trent Reznor and yeah. what's the other guy? Atticus Ross. It's, yes, it's an amazing score. But this le- this movie left me wanting more. Uh, again, I still I really enjoyed it, but I was expecting this movie to hit me a lot harder than it did. Like the scene where the punch is supposed to happen, it felt like more of a whiffed punch. I still felt it, but not as hard as something else I'll probably get to later mm. on, okay. on our nominations. Okay. Um, I kind of... I kind of uh blinked out there for a second so um i'll just assume ben had a nominee and and we'll just move on from there i just i His nominee was soul Aaron. I've, I've, I've already forgotten i'm sorry you're breaking up andrew uh i i can't quite hear what's going on uh all right so i think it is my turn then for my nominee and now i just want to pick ben's favorite movie what was ben's favorite movie from the year Wonder Woman? <laughs> oh, oh no no <laughs> uh no i have uh nominees like andrew that are v- very critically lauded that i just don't understand and there's always at least one of these usually more each year where i'm just like that's a bad movie guys why do you all love that uh the first one i'm going with is the personal history of david copperfield um, lots of awards buzz for this one, uh, lots of love among my fellow critics and I was bored out of my mind. Um, and that just happens yeah. every once in a while. Uh, so that is my first nominee. Andrew, yeah. what's your second? I haven't seen that one actually. Um, my second nomination is actually one I know Aaron and I firmly agree is a terrible, terrible movie, but critics for some stupid reason love this movie uh i'm gonna go with she dies tomorrow oh good choice good choice yeah i hate this movie it's my least favorite movie of the year least favorite movie of the year you go online and you look on like rotten tomatoes and stuff it is getting like a 90 percent on rotten tomatoes it's getting best picture nomination or uh you know contention and stuff like that i'm like how this movie is literally in the top worst movies i've ever seen in my life Nothing is it worse than rhythm section? <laughs> yes, yes, it is no. worse than rhythm section. No, it's not worse than yes, rhythm, rhythm section. Yes, it is. <laughs> I, I, I firmly believe this is the worst movie of the year, and right behind, right in front of actually rhythm section, which I have as the second worst movie of the year. <laughs> um, but nothing happens in this movie. Literally nothing. There's no beginning to this movie. It just drops you in, and there's really no end. It's just one big second act. Yeah, that is boring. Ugh. She dies tomorrow. Yeah, it's a decent nomination, and lots of people love it. Lots of people love it, but uh, not these it. not these people. Um. All right, Ben, what's your second nominee? Uh, Borat subsequent movie film. Uh, I also had that in my nominees, and I just blown away by how many people love this movie. But go ahead, talk about it. it yeah. So here's the thing. I laughed a few times in this movie. Of course. Um, but not nearly as much as I wanted to. Uh, the debutante ball sequence had me in stitches. That junk was hilarious. But it's it, to me, it made me feel 
more sorry for the state of our country and it didn't really make me laugh as much as it made me cringe. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, it wasn't what I wanted it to be, which I get, you know, it's not supposed to be what you want it to be, but it didn't work for me as much. Yeah. Some people like cringe humor. I don't, I, it's not for me. Like, like I don't get that. Oh, it's so awkward. And then you start giggling about it. It's just, it, it, it makes me feel uncomfortable and I don't like feeling uncomfortable. Exactly. I, I would add, um, I, there are, things I really respect about this movie. Um, I really respect the flexibility to do what they did during the time that they did it and to figure out how to bring it around in the way that they did, where there's actually an interesting story structure to this movie that they didn't know it was going to have when they started. I think that's really smart. I, I respect that a lot. I respect the character work. Uh, that that both of them do in this movie is really impressive improvisational character work. Um, so oh, there's yeah. there's a lot I respect about this movie, but I didn't enjoy this movie. Um, and it's just, yeah, I I don't I don't get the the awards praise for it. I get the idea of boy, I respect this movie, and isn't that an interesting movie? And boy, I laughed a lot. I get all that stuff. I just I don't get the awards. Uh, buzz for for the new Borat. So yeah, that was that was definitely my overrated as well. I don't either. And on top of that, I feel like Borat, the first film, was so captivating when it came out and and really ingrained itself in the pop cultural zeitgeist. This film hasn't done that. I haven't really heard many people talk about it besides outside of the awards circle. Mm-hmm. Like my my friends, my movie buddies that I talk to, they don't really talk about it as much anymore. So. Yeah. I just don't think it's going to hold up as well. Uh, for my official second nomination, uh, I'm going to do Shirley um, for this. Uh, I don't know if either of you have seen this. This is Elizabeth Moss uh, and is a representation of uh, true life author and kind of what she went through. Um, again, lots to respect about what's going on here. I just found it to be a, a, a real slog of a movie to try to get through, and I did not... Uh, enjoy the experience. So, um, yeah, I'm not, this is not, I, it makes me sad that, uh, Elizabeth Moss is kind of like, has two performances that people are like, what about Shirley? What about invisible man? And it's like, no, invisible man is the performance. Like, I don't know. It's, it's kind of one of those deals where, you know, I wish, I wish they could focus on what I think is the better one, but that's just my opinion. Um, Andrew, what is your third nominee? (laughs) <laughs> I know you, Aaron and I disagree on this one, but I I have a feeling this is going to win Best Picture, and it makes me so mad. It makes me so mad that this is going to win Best Picture. First Cow. <laughs> you think First Cow is going to win Best Picture? Dude, if you go online right now and you look like a front runners to win Best Picture, First Cow is the one that is like up there. Interesting. I, that's not what I've seen, but that's that's fine. I like the movie. So, yeah. I hate this movie so much. <laughs> Not as much as she dies tomorrow. <laughs> or rhythm section. <laughs> or yeah, or rhythm section. <laughs> but when it goes for overrated and from what I've seen, I think that whenever I saw like, oh, what's the one that's going to win best picture? And I see first cow everywhere on that list and it's like as a front runner, I'm like, how? Nothing happens. It's they they steal milk and make make tasty biscuits that's something that's not nothing 
<laughs> and how about that opening 15 minute pan of a freighter of a river river freight going down river Set, sets the pace for you doesn't it it says yeah it, it does set the pace of like where you think that your computer's broke that's right and while you're watching it like what is 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 this it or did, did i accidentally turn on a screensaver what is what is yeah, going on here it's uh no, I yeah. so this is another movie I haven't seen this year, so I'm interested because you seem to really like it, Aaron. I do really Andrew, like it. You seem um, to, to not like it at all. But I had the same experience Andrew did with that first scene, which is what is this? Like, what is going on? Like, the first shot literally is just watching a freighter go from one end of the screen to the other very slowly for. I'm going to say at least a minute or two, like a full minute no, or two. No, it's way longer than that. It's way longer. <laughs> it feels longer it than that because you're not used to it. But, but yeah, no, it's, but it is, the movie is setting you up to go, look, we're not in a hurry. We're going to tell you this, show you this story of what happened here. And we're not in a hurry to do it. And I just think there's so much humanity in this movie. And the, the relationship at the center of this movie was really interesting to me and uh, really I don't know, and I and I wanted to I wanted to eat the little fried dough treats too. So there's that as well. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I I get the love for first cow. I I totally get it. But uh, but I did have a similar experience. All right, that was mine. Ben, what's your final uh, nominee? My final nominee is again another movie that I like, just not as much. Um, the Invisible Man. Hmm. So I still really enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed much to what Aaron talked about, what you talked about with the the messaging of this movie and what the message is trying to convey and get mm-hmm. across that was a very powerful message. And they did an excellent job telling it. Lee Linnell was fantastic directing uh, this movie with the tension that he creates with nothing in the camera. You don't know what you don't know if he's there, if he's not there. It's just incredible what he was able to do with yeah. nothing but space. Um, Elizabeth Moss gives a terrific performance um, in this. She's great in everything, but this one in particular. But there's just some questions in this movie, especially in regards to the end of the film, that I just couldn't brush off um, and what they're able to do at the end of the film. There's just a lot of questions I had that didn't really sit well with me that I can't really go into without giving away spoilers for the movie. So I'll just I'll leave it at that. I totally agree with you, by the way. The end of this movie is is not great. Um, there's a lot about the end of this movie that doesn't make sense. Um, and in fact, is is actively counterproductive to the movie itself. So, no, I, I yeah, I absolutely agree with you on the ending. Um, I just felt like the rest of it was enough for me to kind of yeah. look, look past that ending. Uh, yeah, it's, it's still a really, really good movie. It's just that ending. I couldn't couldn't brush it off. I mean, it's it's not a Edge of Tomorrow bad ending, but it's a, it's it's not great. It does not stick to landing. Yeah. My final nominee for a movie that I didn't get um, is The Devil All the Time, um, which has a decent Rotten Tomatoes score. Critics seem to, to think it's pretty good. Uh, I just thought it was, I don't know, it was torturous. It just, it felt like a movie that was intended to make me feel awful. And in general, I don't like feeling awful. So well done movie. I, you know, it's just kind of one of those things. So yeah. Yeah. It's a gross movie. It is a gross movie. It is a, I guess you could call it like a a gothic tale. Mm -hmm. Would, Would you guys label it as such? Yeah. Like it's, 
it's just designed to not make you feel very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I can agree with that. It's not a movie I'll ever revisit again, but it's no. one that I, I enjoy the performances of it. But yeah, I agree with what you're saying. All right, there you go. We have apparently only eight nominees uh, for Overrated. I only see eight on my list. I don't know. There, somebody must have missaid one or something. But um, let's but see. Uh, let's see. Let them all talk. Personal history of David Copperfield. I'm waiting for them to get the joke. She dies tomorrow. Borat subsequent movie film. Shirley first cow. Invisible man. The I devil, get it. All the- <laughs> <laughs> Just it, get took it. Me a second. it took me a second. <laughs> right over the head. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's take a look at it. I think really, she dies tomorrow. In Borat, are probably the the two that we have some semblance of agreement on. Um, yeah. Of the ones that have been mentioned, you guys want to make a strong case for either one of those? I think we've all seen uh, Borat. Borat. Yeah. That would make sense. Everybody good with that? I'm yeah. good with that. Wow, we are agreeing. Just so- as long as everybody knows she dies tomorrow is awful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The official 2020 Sifty for movie we just didn't get uh, goes to Borat. Soul. Subsequent movie film. <laughs> Man, Andrew's audio just keeps going out. I apologize for that. I don't know why that's happening. Uh, that's all right, let's, let's move on to the movie. Uh, the movie that they... Uh, didn't get something we love that uh, doesn't seem like everybody else does. Uh, you could also call this underrated uh, as far as the category goes. Uh, ben gets to start us off on this one. All righty. I'll start us off with my favorite movie of the year. Uh, that is Onward. Uh, I know this movie is getting some love, but honestly, you know, it's not as much as I thought it should get. You know, Onward is a is a deeply personal movie for me in many ways. It's mm-hmm. you know, I, I not only adore this movie, but to me, it might be Pixar's best. Um, wow! At least for me, um, sure, it's a story of, of fathers and sons and the relationships they have and the impact they they can have on each other. Uh, I was expecting, you know, goodness from this film because it's Pixar and Pixar does nothing but put out good movies except for cars, um, <laughs> but not to this level of, of greatness. When that scene that I was talking about in Seoul, where I felt like I was supposed to have that punch and it didn't mm-hmm. hit me as much. This was a knockout blow. Um, I left this theater sobbing when, yeah. when I, I, I left the theater. This was one of the last movies I saw in theaters. And it was just such an incredible movie. I love, love, love this movie. Okay, I like you again, Ben. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome back on the show. Uh, no, that you're absolutely right. Uh, it's interesting to think of it as underrated uh, because you're right, it does get a lot of love. Um, but yeah, it is kind of a little bit forgotten uh, this time yeah. of year, so... Um, my first nominee, I have several, uh, possible nominees that we have already mentioned. Uh, I'm going to, in other categories, I'm going to nominate first the one we haven't. Uh, and I know I'm on an Island on this one, uh, as is the case with this category often. Uh, but I'm going to go with the witches, uh, Anne Hathaway, uh, version of the witches, Roald Dahl's the witches. Uh, I know that it is a uh, very personal pick. I love the material, and I thought it was uh, another good look at that material, and really a more accurate look at that material than I've seen before. And I just thought Anne Hathaway was incredible, and people don't like this movie. So there you go. The Witches is my first nominee. Andrew, what's yours? I'm going to go with a little film starring everyone's favorite little 
Wizard, Daniel Radcliffe, Guns Akimbo. Oh, okay. It's one uh, I've been dying to see. It's fascinating. It's it's very violent. It's a very violent movie, but it's 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 the violence done in that humoristic sense of it's so ridiculous that it's not even realistic. It, it, it just, it's satirical how violent a movie can be. It's interesting. Um, I think that Daniel Radcliffe has given actually a, a, a pretty good performance here, but honestly, I think Samara weaving is given a great performance. There's some fun, interesting stuff going on in this movie with um, people and, uh, it kind of feels like a Black Mirror episode a little bit with how um, some people will watch things just because they're not supposed to. That that sense of uh, uh, um, how, I, I don't know what you would call it, like that, that, that adrenaline rush of watching something that makes you feel like you're breaking the rules or something like that. Um, even if it's, you know, something as horrific as watching people try and kill each other but i think this movie's funny it's uh it's a really interesting watch and i don't think a lot of people have either seen it or really understood what the movie was trying to do i'm sold i'm watching it tonight oh there you go guns akimbo it's good it's really good what's your second nomination ben third second oh was it oh yeah we, we went around my bed you're good um so i'm gonna go with the way back Again, another movie that got pretty good critical praise, but I don't think enough people are talking about how good Ben Affleck is in this movie. This was, I I think, a career best from someone who has given us an incredible career. Um, Now He's definitely had misses, but... Uh, you know, recently in the past couple of years, he's been on a stride and this movie was just an emotional gut punch that left me shattered yet really, really inspired. Uh, this is my number four favorite movie of, of 2020. And I just wanted to show it some love on the show. I like it. Uh, I really enjoyed the way back. Uh, part of that uh, has to, a lot of it in fact has to do with my love of basketball. Um, so, uh, and there's definitely some, some really uh, interesting coaching basketball kind of fun stuff in there that's going to appeal to me. Uh, but yeah, The Way Back is a good choice. My second nominee is one we've already mentioned before, but I do believe uh, it is underrated, and that is Eurovision Song Contest. Nice. Um, this is one that hasn't gotten a lot of love critically, uh, got passed over uh, pretty quickly, and uh, like I said, I've, I've seen it a couple times, and I think it's actually really good. It's really fun. And does some interesting things plot-wise. Somehow in a movie this ridiculous makes you care about the characters, which is an interesting trick to pull off. Um, so, yeah, I think Eurovision is is uh, better than most are saying it is. So that is my second nominee. Uh, Andrew, what is yeah. yours? I'm going to go with... Uh, by the way, first off on Eurovision, we haven't even talked about how the music is shockingly similar to what you would hear on Eurovision. <laughs> right. Like, if you've ever seen, like it sounds exactly like the stuff you would hear in that contest. Yeah. Um, my second nomination is going to be the crudes, a new age, because I think a lot of people just uh, hmm. either, I don't know if it's underrated or uh, uh, people just assume that it's just as bad as the first one, honestly. And I, I say this without any hyperbole. I think the crudes, a new age is the funniest movie of the year. I think there's enough gags that 
I was laughing in the theater more than like all the seven year old kids whose parents that took see. I was the one laughing the most in the theater. Nice. There, it was just such a fun movie, and it was an interesting story dynamic of uh, letting go. You know, uh, the difference between privacy and you know a group mentality, and how there's pros and cons to both. It's just a fun movie. Oh, and uh, uh, Punch Monkey speaking Punch Monkey is so funny. I want to learn how to speak Punch Monkey. So, <laughs> not with me. I, I do not volunteer yeah. to be your your teacher. Yeah. <laughs> No, but yeah, I think The Crude's The New Age is one that is definitely underrated. Good call. Good call. Uh, ben, your final nominee. So this is a, another one that came out, and it was the first movie that came out for uh, post-pandemic, and it was supposed to you know, save cinema. Uh, Tenet. Um, this is a movie that kind of generated a, a lukewarm response, but I'm fascinated with this movie it's big it's epic and it's just a smart blockbuster movie that i think history will be kind to i can easily see in like five years there being a bunch of think pieces about how awesome this movie is yeah it's so that, it's interesting i would have never put it in this category because i was I, like i've heard pretty much praise for this movie i haven't heard a lot of negative about it maybe oh, maybe that's right actually yeah there's there's a lot of lukewarm, like people are saying this is like a mediocre slash lower end Nolan film, which I find shocking. But Ben's right. Yeah, there, there's if you like go on IMDb, it has like a seven or something like that. It's not even really that highly praised. I mean, it's, you know, it's got a 70 percent on Rotten Tomatoes and a 76 percent audience Still, score. But I mean, yeah, it's pretty low for a Nolan pretty, movie. That's this yeah, good for a Nolan movie. Yeah, exactly. That's just yeah. it was like a. Nolan's James Bond movie. This is what this was. And it was just, yeah. I, I had a lot of fun with it. I didn't unfortunately get to see it on the big screen, but mm. it was just as good at home, which was no, it wasn't. Fun. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Uh, Trust me, it wasn't. <laughs> this will be one that, you know, when they do a re release of it, hopefully I'll be able to get to see it. Yeah. Well, I thought it was better at home because I got to use subtitles. Uh, the, the, uh, nominee that I have next is Sonic. Uh, this, this is another one we've mentioned before. Um, I think it's underrated. I don't understand why it didn't get even more love than it got. Uh, we mentioned the amazing performances, uh, Jim Carrey back doing Jim Carrey stuff, like all yes. that. So Sonic the Hedgehog is my final nominee. Andrew, finish us off in this category. I'm going to go with Bill and Ted face the music hmm. as under rated because if nice. you, it doesn't really have that high of praise but i remember really really thinking this was a fun movie uh i think that the the daughter's dynamic was well predictable you know in the way it was gonna you know transition and stuff i knew that's how it was gonna pan out but it still was fun uh seeing will sadler again as death um anthony kerrigan as dennis caleb mccoy the robot was he stole the movie for me. He, uh, he was great. Um, I found it to be an interesting concept of, you know, how, I don't know if it's just my personal love for the first two movies that whenever this one came along, I'm like, I don't know if something in me was like, no, I, I have to love this one or not, but I found it interesting of these guys. And when did the second one come out in the nineties, they were told you guys are going to write the song that's going to save the world. 
And now all this time later, they still haven't written the song that was going to save the world. This movie does not stick the landing. It does not. But as the movie progresses through time and seeing their alternate selves, like how they see their alternate selves in jail as uh, homeless bums or in the, uh, in the uh, retirement center, where they're saying that goodbye to themselves in the retirement center. It's not only hilarious, but there's also something very meaningful happening there. I think that there's actually some really good stuff going on in this movie. I think it's a fair choice. Uh, all right. That rounds out our nine nominees. Um, any others that you might have wanted to have mentioned if you had the chance? Uh, I wanted to throw in Greenland. Um, fair enough. This yeah. is- this movie shocked me. Uh, I was expecting it to be, you know, Geostorm, but what we got was something more similar to Castaway. It's pretty good, right? Good. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not as good as Castaway, but I, I really did enjoy this movie, and I respect its its sense of restraint and wanting to be more of a personal movie about a marriage. Huh. I, yeah. I just uh, I I never saw it because I just assumed it was 2012. No, no, it's actually pretty decent. I wouldn't get your okay. expectations up like super high, but no, it's it's a good watch for sure. But if I were to watch it, I wouldn't be like, Ugh. I don't think so. Uh, okay, yeah, but, I don't think so either. But then again, okay. you didn't like First Cow, so I wh- what do I know? <laughs> oh yeah, First Cow and, and Greenland. Those are very similar, very very similar yeah. movies. Uh, <laughs> what pro- are the nominations, Aaron? Project Power, we had talked about before. That was the only one other one I thought about possibly nominating um, as mm. underrated. Uh, yeah, this could be an interesting one. This could be our most uh, most interesting category. Uh, Onward, The Witches, Guns Akimbo, The Way Back, Eurovision Song Contest, The Crude's A New Age, Tenant, Sonic the Hedgehog, and Bill and Ted Face the Music. Uh, where can we land and agree on the underrated movie of the year? Tenant, you know, I just, I just don't. I, it, it's a hard one for me. I mean, certainly my favorite movie on that list uh, by, like, by far. I just would never yeah. have thought of it as underrated. Like, I, it just, uh, I don't know. It just feels like people love that movie. Yeah, th- I, a lot of people that I talk to, it's either they're like us and they really love the movie, yeah. or they just don't like it. It's very uh, divisive in that sense. Uh, but th- there is some chatter about it not being as good. But like you said, though, it still has a 70% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is a really good rating, but it's really low for a Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah. I think the out of all of Nolan's movies, it's the least accessible, which is saying something whenever you have a movie, mm-hmm. when you have movies like Inception yeah. or Interstellar. I think that even after several viewings of this movie, it's still difficult to follow. And I think that he was, I think as time has progressed, Nolan has been trying to really push the limit of how much an audience is able to comprehend mm-hmm. before it just gets too ridiculous. And he may have stepped over the line here a bit, <laughs> um, but it's still, if nothing else, if you're like putting all that aside, performances all around are great. Uh, visuals are still, Stellar, and I don't think that it's a very. People say that it's slow paced. It has like a lot of you know, uh, uh, Washington going from here to here to here to talk to people and doing the hand sign and stuff like that. I think people forget about some of the subtle, interesting performance or uh, performance set pieces in that movie. Yeah. So, yeah, I I, I don't get the uh, 
the meh approach or uh, appeal of this movie, how people just think it's, yeah, it's just okay. I think that it just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what to do here because, um, you know, really, there most of the movies we have listed here don't have awful like ratings on Rotten Tomatoes or anything like that. I think, you know, The Witches is a 49%, which even that is, you know, it's not like terrible, terrible, but it's... Yeah, Aaron, I'm going to tell you I hate that movie. Yeah, no, no, I know. I'm just I'm just saying I'm looking yeah. at it, I'm going, maybe we do choose Tenet. It's just a weird selection to me to say that's the most it underrated movie of the year when it's like, yeah. you know, in, in my top five movies of the year. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's oh, in a too, lot of people's... Yeah. Yeah, it's so, my number two favorite film of the year. So. so yeah, so it's just it's it's a little strange to me, but I I think that's where we have to land. Unless you guys have something else, can you can you list them off one, one sure. more time? Sure. Yeah. Onward, The Witches, Guns Akimbo, The Way Back, Eurovision, Song Contest, uh, The Crudes, A New Age, Tenet, Sonic the Hedgehog, and Bill and Ted Face the Music. Mm. I mean, what we, about? Onward. Well, everybody loves Onward. Yeah, that's though. what I'm gonna say. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it's like just getting overshadowed by Soul to where like, no, this is actually an underrated movie. Like people, I don't. Is there's a difference between underrated and forgotten? Right. Because yeah. it's definitely not underrated. It's an 88 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's certified yeah. fresh, 95 percent audience score. You know, if we were to eliminate Tenant, we'd definitely have to eliminate Onward uh, for the same reason. Um, so. Yeah, uh, you know, Crudes is like a 62%, Sonic is like a 62%, Ooh. Eurovision's like a 60%. So, you know, they're all kind of, you know, up there. I just, I think Tenet may be the way to go, as weird as it is, um, yeah. based, based on our nominees. Um, so, and again, this was always going to be a difficult uh, category. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. I guess we're doing it. The official sifty for a movie that they didn't get uh, goes to Tenant. Um, you know, and I hope that doesn't come off as pretentious because it is such a confusing movie mm-hmm. that for it us is. to say that it's uh, underappreciated. Oh, you just don't get it. Like, oh, no, yeah. that's not what that means. No. <laughs> yeah, no, but you're right. Yeah, not. yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I want to be clear, like. If you don't hit that movie, join the club. There's a lot of people out there, as even me included, who still don't fully understand that movie. But from what I do understand about the movie, I know what is being done is uh, nothing short of a, a masterpiece. So, yeah, the first time I saw Tenet, I had to turn it off because I was getting frustrated because I was like, I don't understand what's going on here. I had to like then recharge my batteries, turn it on with the subtitles, and I was like, okay, I still follow this movie. And I get, I think I get it, but it's going to take me a couple more times to watch it to where I feel like I can fully understand and grasp what Christopher Nolan was going for. I just know that I just love this movie. Yep. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, Before we head on to our best TV of the year, uh, just a huge thank you to our Sif Pop members. Thank you so much for making possible what we do at Sif Pop, both here on the podcast and SifPop.com. Uh, we appreciate you. If you're interested in what membership is and kind of some of the fun perks that go along with it, you can check it out at the Patreon. Patreon.com slash SiftPop is where we, you would go to find that. We record a bonus podcast for our SiftPop members each week. And this week we talked to Ben about his list of shame. Uh, we played the list of shame game uh, with Ben on the member show for this week. If you want to check that out, go to Patreon.com slash SiftPop. 
All right, let's do it. Let's finally get to our best TV of 2020. Now, I will preface this by saying that we have done the uh, Pop TV Awards towards the middle of the year, actually end of the summer usually, somewhere around uh, fall, just because that's kind of in the past been how TV works. New stuff comes out in the fall, you know, they take summer off, but that has become so uh like old school that really we should just do it by the year now and so we're incorporating it into the 2020 50s from here on out because of that there is some tv we will miss talking about in our awards uh the one that kills me is watchmen uh watchmen took place after the eligibility for last time uh but before the eligibility for this time because it was it was the end of 2019 is when the when Watchmen aired and is in my top three TV shows of all time. Um, yeah. But we we will not yeah, be mentioning outs, it. Yeah. So yeah, shout out to Watchmen. Um, but uh, but it will not be eligible for our top five. So we're gonna go number five to number one, and uh, and just kind of count them down. And uh, Andrew, why don't you kick us off? What's your number five TV show of 2020? I'm going to start it off with what we do in the shadows. Good choice. This this season in particular was really fun. The the superb owl episode or the uh no, oh actually Jackie Daytona is one yes. of my favorite episodes ever. Yeah. Mark Hamill kills it in that episode. It's so great. Um I think Laszlo might be my favorite character on the show. Uh it's 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 weird because it's one of those shows where if you were to say anybody on that cast, Guillermo, Laszlo, uh, any of them were your favorite, I'm like, yeah, I get it. They're all great. Mm-hmm. It's just such a perfectly cast uh, or show. Um, but yeah, yeah, the Jackie Daytona episode is just is brilliant. Guillermo's on uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist this season. Did you know that? I don't know what that is. What? Zoe? I thought we had talked about Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Um, Zoe Deschanel? <laughs> no, no. But uh, anyhow, I'll never mind then. Never mind then. I thought that was uh, a common love, but uh, but apparently not. Uh, all right. Number five for you, Ben. Um. So I was late to the party on this show, um, The Clone Wars. Um, the final season. Uh, I didn't start watching this until 2015. And by the end, I was like, but uh, there's more to tell. And we've <laughs> never got it um, until <laughs> this year. And the first couple episodes were a little slow at the at the start, but I enjoyed it. You had the Bad Batch. The Ahsoka arc was okay. But once you got to the final couple, se- uh, final couple episodes – and Order 66, and then you have the Maul versus Ahsoka fight, which is absolutely astonishing, uh, even in animated form. That's mm-hmm. incredible. That's up there with some of the best lightsaber duels in Star Wars. But that last shot of Darth Vader holding that blue lightsaber is just, oh my God, it was so awesome. I just, I really, really love this show. Yeah. And I love the cap on the end. It was perfect. Good choice. Very good choice indeed. Uh, my. My number five is Devs. Um, it's been a hot minute since this uh, show was out, but this show was just like written for me. Like basically, I'm pretty sure they just yeah. studied me and were like, what's the kind <laughs> of show that Aaron Dicer is going to love? And then they made it for me. Um, it is about free will versus predestination. 
It is uh, deep and philosophical and interesting and has the guts to kind of follow its own rules, which a lot of shows, especially sci-fi shows, struggle with sometimes. Um, and man, it's just like, it, it feels to me, um, just like it, the exact show that I wanted it to be. Um, so yeah, well done all around Alex Garland, right? Uh, same person yeah. behind Ex Machina. And, yeah. Yeah. and so you you knew it was going to be interesting and yeah, I really, really dug devs. So that's a role I five. never would have expected to see, uh, Nick Offerman in, but he's great, uh, he's right? The, he's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's not the standout for the show for me. Uh, she is. She uh, is it Sonoya? Is that how you say her name? I'm not Mizuno? sure. I'm not sure. Sonoya Mizuno, but the main the main girl. She is such a fascinating character. But yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Devs is brilliant. Good call. Yeah, very nice. Uh, all right, what is your number four, Andrew? My number four <laughs> is the good old Rick and Morty. Nice. Because, you know, it, it was. It's season four is not my favorite season, but it's still, you know, it has a lot of great stuff in it. Uh, the old man in the seat, uh, uh, the very first episode, uh, where Morty gets the, uh, the gym mm -hmm. that leads him to his destination. That was a great one. Uh, oh, I'm trying to remember. Oh, the vat of Apis, the vat of acid episode. That might be like one of the best episodes Rick and Morty's ever done. Uh, -huh. uh, yeah, it's great. And I also like the, uh, Rattlestar Rick Lactica, the, the planet of only snakes mm -hmm. and how they hit every cliche of an action movie. The snakes do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, that was just so fun to watch. So yeah, I like Rick and Morty. Surprise. Very fun show. Very fun. I, I feel like that's a show that's made for me, but I have not watched it yet. And I feel like I need to. Yeah. Just start at the beginning. You, you'll be good. You'll have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's your number four? Uh, my number four is The Haunting of Bly Manor. Uh, while the show doesn't quite live up to Hill House, uh, Hill House is probably my favorite th horror thing ever. I love that thing, uh, that show. Um, this this one is still an emotionally gripping gothic romance. It's more much more of a gothic romance and horror, I would even say. Um, and the emotional punch at the end is just very, very gratifying. Um, Mike Flanagan continues to prove that he's one of the leading voices in horror by, you know, grounding the horror in such raw emotion, which and the scares are just extra. I just think he's a special director and a special voice in the horror genre. Very good. Um, my number four is uh queen's gambit nice. um that's where i had queen's gambit um yeah We're not doing trump rules no no we had a good suggestion to change it to bump instead of trump <laughs> <laughs> i'm Which down is, for it man. yeah it works for me bump bump <laughs> Uh, but no, we're not doing bump rules, uh, on this one. So, uh, so yeah, I, I really obviously love Queen's Gambit. Uh, I think it's yeah. spectacular TV show making. Um, and man, I just, I want to see more of that kind of stuff. So, yeah. 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 On, on you, Taylor joy is on a whole nother level here. It's interesting because it's kind of a Bobby Fisher story, but, once it's told from the female perspective, it's everything changes, you know, yeah. uh, like this, this world that is so male dominant 
is brought to its knees by this this woman who starts off so meek and timid. And by the end of it, she is a, like she is a presence. Like whenever mm-hmm. she walks in a room, that's all anybody sees is her. Yeah, it's fascinating character development, and uh, it's really interesting. If it got a lot of people interested in chess, which is I'll never argue with. I love chess. Yep, every time it has a chance to do a cliche, it turns the other direction, and I think that makes it fascinating uh, as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so that is that is my number four, and Andrew, that is your number three, correct? Yep. All right, Ben, mm-hmm. so what do you got at number three? I'm going to keep this ball rolling, Queen's Gambit. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, I, I still don't know the first thing about chess, I will be honest, but it doesn't matter. This show is just so thrilling and engaging that you forget sometimes that it's about chess, which is often looked at as a boring sport, but mm-hmm. it's not the way that it's shot. It's just very gripping, um, which is surprising again, when you're talking about chess, but you know, this show has one of the most stunning performances and that's from Anya Taylor joy. I, I can't wait to, to see her career continue to blossom. I've been a fan of her since I saw split and she's incredible. Mm-hmm. She was in New Mutants this year uh, as well. Yeah, she was magic. Um, and did, I just did not see that one. I just found out within the last week, I think, that her name is actually pronounced uh, Anya, Anya Taylor Joy. And I never mm-hmm. knew that. Um, so she I've was been raised in like South America, something like that. Yeah, in in like Peru, I think. I don't know. And so it's Argentina. gonna it's gonna be one of those things where I'm just like I'm gonna call her Anya for you know like i'm gonna i'm gonna mess it up but i'm gonna try i'm gonna try to remember anya taylor joy um but yeah she's incredible (laughs) uh all right so my number three is ted lasso uh this is uh a beautiful fun show that is also heartwarming and positive there's so much positivity in this show um it's well acted and the humor is great i just i really this is one of those shows i just fell in love with and i cannot wait for more of this show it's so good yeah it's i've only seen the the funnier die uh comedy sketches so i know what the show is about mm-hmm. but uh i'm i'm there it's jason sudeikis how could you that he's just he is meant for a character like this yeah you know yeah He's so unapologetically American that it just feels perfect to have him as that role yeah. going over to Britain trying to uh, coach a football team. It's basically <laughs> like if uh, if a UK football club hired Mr. Rogers to be their coach. Like it's it's just it's it, it's beautiful. It's I I just yeah. love it. I absolutely love it. Um, and if Mr. Rogers had uh you know a snarky sense of humor uh, about him yeah. as well. Um, so yeah, Ted Lasso is my number three. All right, on to our number twos. Andrew, what do you got? Uh, this is probably going to be either your guys' number one, I imagine, but I'm going to go Mandalorian. Nice. I have it at number two as well. So Okay. Yeah, no need to bump. I have it, I have it at number one. Nice. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah. I mean, okay, so the first, I think, four episodes of this season are like, wow, this is really good. But then the last six or whatever, uh, the rest of the progression, I'm like, oh, this is not only amazing fan service, but it's fan service done in a way that still serves the overall story. Like uh, bringing uh, Boba Fett back and having it come in a way that makes sense. Um, bringing back uh, uh, Bill Burr 
and him giving that crazy good performance. Um, it's just such, I don't think if it's the show that reignited my, my passion and my realization that star Wars could still be good. Cause I don't like the new movies, uh, besides the first one. Uh, it, I think that Aaron and I will, will argue about this till the end of time, but, um, but whenever Mandalorian started back, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is good. This is good. But, but these last like four or five episodes, uh, were, were stellar. That's mm -hmm. it. They're stellar. Yep. So good. Yeah. Completely agree. Yeah. I don't have too much to add. Um, other, you know, I've talked about canon unification and how that's kind of my new favorite thing. The idea of taking existing worlds and canon and unifying them in satisfying and logical ways. Uh, and Mandalorian does it so well. Uh, the Ahsoka stuff, all all of it, just it's just really brilliant. So, yeah, uh, well done, well done. Uh, what do you have at number two, Ben? The boys. Um, I I really enjoy the show. The show is just straight up bonkers. It it, yeah. it works on so many levels. Whether you're talking about it being a, a satire of the superhero genre or political commentary or the current current climate we live in today, or just being a really brilliantly woven comedy um, with heavy themes. It's just a really brilliant show. I, I can't stress that enough. Uh, season two is just such a, a, a joy, if I could say. <laughs> There's a lot of graphic stuff that happens in it, but uh, that yeah. makes you feel yeah. uncomfortable. <laughs> but, like, it's just, it's, it, it is a tightly woven show that I think trumped or uh, was just better than the, the first series. Yeah, bumped. <laughs> yeah. Bumped. Ah, uh, yes. I love the boys. I think it's great. I do think season one was better than season two, but uh, I still think season two is fantastic. Yeah. Um, all right, Andrew. I think we're to your number one then, uh, since I had Mandalorian at number two. Mm. I'm gonna go with Raised by Wolves. Yeah, I wondered. It just missed my list. I mean, I've never seen anything like this. This show is literally otherworldly, but at the same time, it's such a. It's perfectly done in the sense that I feel like this world is fully realized. But at the same time, I feel like I'm getting to um, explore and experience everything at the same time the characters are. Uh, there's just so many things the show has going for it. I get hyped up every time I talk about it. Um, the philosophical implementations or, uh, if, of this show are great. Uh, you know, it goes back to the old idiot of uh, uh, being raised by wolves or, or, in this sense, raised by robots. Uh, in an anti or in an atheistic uh, fashion, as opposed to being raised with a, a belief system, uh, what that does to the human body, uh, to the human mind. Um, then you have the this mother father character duo who are so interesting. Mother is like one of the most fascinating characters ever put on television. Yeah, and. Uh, I think that uh, I think they're, she was called a Reaper is what uh, her uh, her model is, but the Reapers are like probably like one of the most like more terrifying than any other robot droid thing that has ever been created. More than a Terminator, more than uh, Hal Nine Thousand. It's just such a 
ominous creature, I guess you could call it. Everything about the show is like you said that uh, Ted Lasso and uh, what was the other show were made devs. for you. Yeah, devs were made for you. Raised by Wolves was made for me. Yeah, it's so good. It feels like a Ridley Scott uh, movie, even though only, even though he only produced it. Um, if you don't know if you'll like it or not, watch the first movie. Is what I call that first episode because the first episode is a movie. It's like an hour and a half long, and it feels like it's a fully realized, uh, you know, story. But at the same time, like everything after that is just icing on the cake. And like devs, you have no idea where the show is going to go. It's crazy. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. I liked it a lot as well. So that's what necromancer. That's what mother was. Yeah. Necromancer yeah. is the most terrifying Android robot, whatever you want to call it, ever put to uh, put to the screen. Nice. You, I Aaron. still haven't seen it, but I really, really want to. I have no excuses. I have HBO Max. I should be watching it. But oh yeah, it's exclusive to HBO Max. I yeah, think. I think yeah. you're right. Uh, okay, uh, Ben, you had Mandalorian at number one. Yeah, um, and I, I don't know what else to say about it that hasn't been said. It's sure. just it's so wonderful it, you know as a lifelong star wars fan it just brings me such unadulterated joy <laughs> you know the second season of mandalorian is it's the best my second favorite thing lucasfilm has done since disney bought them in 2012 and you mentioned the story uh canon weaving that they're doing mm -hmm. within the mandalorian that is something that star wars has has just masterfully done with their animation with rebels and clone mm -hmm. wars yep. and now they're starting to do and the books too and now they're starting to do it with the live action tv shows and, and as a star wars fan i just i want more <laughs> i know yeah. that's selfish but i just want more well you're gonna get it um there's yeah. a lot coming that's for sure <laughs> fret not yeah <laughs> your, your wishes will be fulfilled uh my right, Aaron. my number one is also a canon unification show um, I've got Better Call Saul at number one, and it definitely uh, harbors in the idea of taking an established universe and making the pieces fit into an uh, interesting backstory. Uh, of course, Bob Odenkirk is Saul Goodman. You've got Rhea Seahorn doing incredible work. Jonathan Banks back as uh, Trout. Um, and I just, this, no show owns me story-wise like this show. I am so into this story. I am so uh just compelled by what is going to happen to these characters and that is a really interesting magic trick when you consider it's a prequel so you yeah. kind of know the quote-unquote end for some of these characters and yet i'm still fascinated about how they get there or what that's going to look like and you know there's a handful of these characters that i kind of know where they end up and there's a handful i have no idea why do i have no idea what's going to happen um, so yeah, uh, better call Saul continues to own me, uh, and is my number one show of 2020. And I cannot wait for more. Please bring me more seasons of better call Saul. Uh, I am uh, very, don't very worry. Upset. They will. They will. They will. My wish <laughs> yeah. shall also be granted. Yeah. Uh, any shout outs that you guys have before, uh, we kind of close this thing out TV. You kind of wish you at least got a chance to shout out and mention Andrew. Uh, um, uh, Solar Opposites, I, I think, was one that I was too. very close to mentioning. Me too, yeah. Yeah, but I figured it since I mentioned Rick and Morty, I, I do like Rick and Morty, this season of Rick and Morty more, but there was an episode of uh, Solar Opposites that's 
titled uh the gang steals pandas or a bear or something mm -hmm. yeah, like that yeah, yeah and it has nothing to do with that but you still see them in the background and stuff i think that you said it was your favorite episode too it is it is my favorite episode yeah. of the season yeah yeah it's very smart such show a fun show yeah. it's such a fun show you guys are giving me so many shows that i have to catch up on i'm slacking well, on my show watching solar opposites is justin roiland who did do rick and morty um okay. it's it's more i guess you could say network friendly than rick and morty but also but, not <laughs> but also it's it's more it's it's more network friendly than rick and morty but still not really that network friendly if that makes sense yeah makes perfect uh, yeah it's they're both great shows they really are the aforementioned zoe's extraordinary playlist that i thought andrew knew about but doesn't uh was also very close to making my my list um very fun show uh where people just break out into song but it's uh, part of the plot uh very fun uh upload oh, a musical it's kind of i haven't seen a musical <laughs> upload is another one i wanted to mention it just kind of came and went and a lot of people uh aren't talking about it but i, I really kind of enjoyed the concept and uh, thought it was pretty good and then uh, Rami, uh, I wanted to mention as well. Um, I, there are some shows that just take me into, uh, that really put me in the shoes of other people and give me experiences that I would never have. And to experience the Muslim faith uh, through Rami in the show is really brilliant and help helps me understand more about. Um, you know uh, the the idea and the religion and not just the religion but the it, it made me feel like um there were many many common connecting points that people who've grown up in uh religious faiths probably have about what it's like to balance the faith of your parents versus your own faith uh the ability to understand what rules are are important why rules are important are the rules just rules or do they come from somewhere you know like all those things uh you deal with growing up with what your parents believe and kind of working your way through your own beliefs are here uh but uh from kind of the, the muslim perspective and i really really enjoyed mm -hmm. it so i wanted to mention rami as well um which, nice, I, nice. which i think is streaming somewhere i can't remember what streaming service uh, Rami is on. What Solar Opposites is Hulu, right? I think Rami might be Hulu too. Rami's Hulu. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, Hulu kind of hitting it out of the park these days. Doing some good yeah, stuff. They're about to yeah, have uh, an Solar Opposites Alien is Hulu TV show, well. right? Um, What's that? They're about to have an Alien TV show. Mm hmm. I think so. Like Xenomorph Alien? Yeah. I think so. Like the Alien Universe. Um, and uh, yeah, in fact, Devs is Hulu as well. Like, yeah, there's, the, yeah, they're really doing great great stuff over at hulu really so. did good this year. yeah very much sure. well th there you go guys we did it we did a podcast yeah. look at that Woo! podcasting Woo! has yeah. happened yay i'm surprised <laughs> nobody mentioned tiger king well uh, i mean it kind of it was just kind of this moment right it was like this pop culture moment but i i don't know uh, that i really so, loved I, it for pop culture moments i'm surprised nobody mentioned it because that was any, all anybody talked about at the beginning of the pandemic yeah, yeah no Listen, you're not wrong I felt like I had to take a shower after watching that. I yeah, that, it was a little much. icky. It was a little icky. Yeah. yeah. I felt gross after watching it. And I was like, why did I spend so much time watching this terrible <laughs> show? It's like watching a car crash, but I couldn't look away. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Carol right Baskin. there with you. Right there with you. Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin. Yeah. 
Thank you so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out with us today. Thank you, buddy. Uh, big thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. And babies. Woo! You producing babies. Uh, yeah. th- thanks to Drew for the graphics that go along with the video show. Go flip. And a big thank you to Ben Davis for hanging out with us today. Ben, uh, where would you send people to? What do you want to promote? What's going on on the internet with you? So you can follow me at uh, Ben Davis Movie Podcast on Instagram, where I post reviews from time to time. I also keep updates on my podcast. And each month on my podcast, I cover a specific topic. And each week, I cover a movie diving deep into that, pertaining to that specific topic. And this week... Uh, I'll be talking about the classic, The Princess Bride. So that'll be a lot of fun. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, you can also check out uh, all the stuff that goes on at sifpop.com, where uh, Ben is managing editor. Uh, also, if you want to be a member, you can do that at patreon.com slash sifpop. Support starts at three bucks a month, and you get access to all the bonus episodes, uh, as well as some other fun things. So you can check that out there. You can connect with us by commenting, rating, or leaving a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And if you would like to send us an email, you can do that as well. Feedback at siftpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too. So make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier, well, than the entire calendar year of 2020. Uh, (laughs) We will be back next week with part two of the 2020 Sifties. This will include our favorite movies of the year, our favorite performances of the year, and our favorite movie moments of 2020. And we will see you then. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.